Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning, listeners of Red Sea Radio. Welcome to our show, Red Sea Roundup. I am pumped up and ready to have a great conversation. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. I've been able to be on my patio this morning. I've been seeing a bunch of red birds. We all know what uh, people think that means. It doesn't matter to me, but they're cool. They're beautiful. I want to uh, announce right away our this is a live show. We want you to call in. Uh, our listeners are going to be so excited to hear everything that we have to say today. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, but my guest is already here, Father Jared Cook. We are going to let you say a little something. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I could do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Father Jared is the associate pastor here in Bryan College Station at St. Joseph's Catholic Church, and so he'll be up after the break. Um but feel free to chime right in if you want to do that. Whatever makes your comfort here in this room, we're all for that. You but, got it. Uh, you bet. Thaddeus, how's it going this morning? Hey, doing great. Call in 85 Love Red Sea 855. Six eight three seven three three two. I'm so glad That's that you feel that way. That's to our Bryan College Station <laughs> listeners on 88.5 FM. Our Waco Central Texas listeners, 98.3 FM KYAR, and our folks down in Palestine, 107.9 KINF, the Holy Land of Texas. There you go. Mm-hmm. I, I, Thaddeus had to lean over and actually look at the numbers rather than saying eight five love Red Sea. Really, I'm not a fan of someone telling me that when I ask for a number and they give me those things. Because it's not like on the old dial, you know, rotary phone where it's printed right there and you can just see it as you're dialing. Exactly. So, exactly. But still, it's, it's, it is handy at the same time. Well, I can't say, hey, Siri, dial 85, love Red Sea. That's can't true. do that. That's true. And <laughs> Speaking of Siri and uh, voice activated iPhones and doing things by voice on a phone. Technology. We've got our illustrious president, Dennis Maka, on the on the phone, and he is hands-free, or he was hands-free because he's on the road. Dennis morning, Dennis. Maka, good Howdy morning. Y'all. I am not hands-free. I am pulled over into someone's driveway, hopefully not blocking it. I'm almost rolling into Victoria, Texas as we speak, but I'm, I am on the side of the it's road. It's down in my neck of the woods. And, and Safe. Yeah, it is. It's back toward uh, where you have some family. So why, why, are you we in, are, uh, why are you heading in that direction? Well, I'm very happy to, to say that I am headed down south to Harlingen, Texas. I have about four more hours to drive today and uh, helping a uh, not an affiliate of Red Sea Radio, but just a, a brother in Christ start a red uh, a, sorry, a Catholic radio station down in Harlingen, Texas, because it's our calling to help uh, Catholic radio to thrive anywhere and everywhere God calls us to, even if it's not our own. So uh, thanks be to God. I had an opportunity to go down for a couple of days here to Harlingen and help 
build their radio station and to give them a little bit of input as they launch off an EWTN-affiliated station in Harlingen, Texas. So hopefully in the next couple of days, they'll be on the air and, and thanking God for for everything that Red Sea can help bring them through our um, experiences over the last, uh, I guess, decade now. So Experiences we do have uh, back from the days <laughs> that you ran this station out of the backseat of your car and then a closet. <laughs> and uh, so yeah. we have grown. Well, and uh, we still do that. Yes. Sometimes we still do that. Yes, we so, do. But, uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. I, I just received a call from Jack Williams from EWTN thanking me I just less than half an hour ago. He's like, I assume you're on your way to, to Harlingen, Texas. So they were thanking Red Sea and, and all the support that uh, that our listeners have given to our station, which enables us to go out and, and help other stations start up. And, yeah. Uh, we gave some cursory assistance to a small station in Canton, Texas recently, and they're now on the air. So now we're helping Harlingen. And come this next month, we'll be helping to build the uh, the, the Armor of God station on the other side of our diocese in Colleen and Fort Hood and Copper's Cove, Copper's Texas. Copper's Cove, yeah. Wow. Just uh, a quick aside here, news. not being a Texas native, I hear you mention the Canton uh, relationship t- sometimes, and I can't, every time I I think, wow, can the Ohio. the the hall, the hall of fame, the football hall of fame, we're helping out over there. Oh wait, I no, think you should say that in your uh, Eagles voice, God. What's uh, yeah? Oh, uh, Rocco. yeah, Rocco Cucuzzillo. Yeah, he's he's not he's not your around. Alter he's, ego? he's 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 no, busy today. Oh, okay. I don't know if there's a I don't know if there's an East Texas draw that they give other than what I have here, but uh, Canton's in East Texas, just to the uh, east of the Dallas Fort Worth area in the Tyler Diocese. So they've got a, a station started there just within the last few weeks, and uh, very happy to help Harlan's in Texas uh, get a station started there, down and in the Valley, right? Wherever God. It is. It's almost to Mexico. So, like I said, I've got another four hours. Isn't that a Roger Craig song? I'll be up up pretty pretty late. I'll be up pretty late tonight helping them out. Squirrel. Maybe all day tomorrow. (laughs) Possibly coming in on Friday. Awesome. Well, you know, folks, I I can I can just kind of roll past Thaddeus's bad jokes. Yes, indeed. If you don't encourage him, you won't say too many more of them. So, (laughs) but encourage him, we will. So that's but Dennis, what I'm up to today, and I thank all our listeners and donors for their prayers and, and donations. And uh, Thaddeus, I know, is going to talk about our incredible benefit dinner we had this last week in Waco. Um, my gosh, God is good, and so many things are happening. And um, just a great, great weekend for my family with a, a family wedding and a confirmation for my daughter yesterday. And Congratulations. Just, Praise be to God. Yeah. Just great things are happening, and, and so we just ask everybody to keep us in their support and prayers as Red Sea continues about the mission of Catholic Radio. Excuse me, yeah. Dennis, can you can you do the big reveal now? What was your daughter's confirmation name? Lucy. Oh, good saint. Good. Santa Lucia. Yeah. Good saint. Have some yeah. cuchilla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, beautiful saint name. I, I prayed to St. Lucy with an eye injury I've had in the past, so mm-hmm. she picked mm-hmm. a good one. Yes, yeah, yes, sir. Very much Absolutely. So. Well, thanks a lot, yeah, Dennis. Uh, I'm going to be glad to listening, uh, glad to be listening to Father Jared and the rest of the show as I roll through Victoria here and, and on my way to continue to follow uh, where God calls us. Yeah, if you have a question, Dennis, feel free to call in to 85 Love Red Sea, 855 <laughs> 632 7332. So. No, that's not even close. 
You didn't even say it right. I didn't? Really? No. Yeah, you, you threw an extra two in. <laughs> Six, eight, three. Look. I know. Sometimes I'll text. When I want to call in myself to another show, I'll text Dennis, what's the number? And he'll send it 85-love-red-c. Okay. Yeah, anyway, just 85-love-red-c. That's all there you need you to go. remember. There you go. Yep. Thanks a lot, well, Dennis. God bless you all, and thank you all for what you're doing, and I'll uh, look forward to listening. All right. Be careful Thanks. driving. God, thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. And as uh, Dennis mentioned uh, last week, last Thursday, we had our wonderful benefit in Waco, and uh, we can uh, elaborate on a lot of things about it. It was a great, great opportunity. I was so happy that I went there, um, was invited because I'm on the board, but I was so very interested to hear uh, Patrick Madrid's uh, sharing about the Eucharist and about Eucharistic miracles. And uh, I was so proud that one of the miracles that he spoke of being from St. Anthony's, he yeah. elaborated on a beautiful Eucharistic miracle attributed to St. Anthony. So mm-hmm. it was a great night, great feel in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to meet a, a lot of people from over there. Knew a few people. Got to see Father Patrick, our yeah, he recent came over pastor uh, at St. Anthony's. Cove, yep. Now he's at Copper's Cove. There's a couple that are also in the diaconate with my husband and I from there that we've got to know, and another couple from West, uh, Carolyn and Robin Waters, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. big Blessings, supporters. Catholic yes. gift store and Big supporters. Store. So it was a great food, mm-hmm. great beer and wine. It mm-hmm. was a yeah, we uh, time everything was really ran out, great. We ran out of wine. Uh, we didn't have any water no, to turn into wine. No big because they drank all the bottled water no too. Urns of water. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was a great time. A great turnout. That was a full hall, and um, people people had uh, a lot of enthusiasm being there. I think it was probably triple what we had for the benefit dinner last year in terms of numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, the most ex- the most unexpected part of that benefit dinner was um, I think we had three three guests who were not Catholic mm-hmm. who came to our benefit dinner. Not so it's yeah. one thing to listen to Catholic radio and not be Catholic, but to not be Catholic and come to a benefit dinner for it. Yeah. Boy, it's that, amazing. that is such an honor and such a compliment it's amazing. to us. I, I hope that one of my future guests will be a lady who's called in and emailed and that we wanted to be there has sent us a beautiful mm-hmm. testimony. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about it both here at the benefit and over there. And her name is Karen. I want to lift up a prayer for her and her daughter who had twins. Yeah. And that's what kept her from being able to come to yeah. the benefit. But uh we have, uh, we'll look forward to some great uh, numbers and reveal some, uh, what the benefit, mm-hmm. you know, we gather together to make some money. I, I get a little over-benefited sometimes uh, being in, invited to it. And what I find remarkable is that to just to be in a room, one heart, one mind, all for the same cause. It's something very uplifting and energizing and renewing and mm-hmm. uh, renew the vision and renew what we're trying to do here at Catholic Radio and what our listeners help us do. Yeah, definitely. And we hope that it was a benefit to them. That's why we try to bring in, you know, a guest speaker of the caliber of Patrick Madrid. Wow. Um, those <laughs> Eucharistic miracles, hearing about about those Eucharistic miracles, those are some of the most powerful um, 
testimonies mm -hmm. to sock away in your mind when you have those those doubts about your faith when your faith fails pull those up again remind, remind yourself that uh that the eucharist is the body blood soul and divinity of our of our lord and it's been revealed in these miraculous ways over time very powerful Amen. very powerful so. out when I <clears throat> went to meet Patrick, he was like, um, I think I've met you before. Well, two or three years ago when he was our guest here, we needed someone to, can you go pick up, pick him up at the airport? Heck yeah, I'd have two hours of this great spiritual conversation with Patrick Madrid and uh, <laughs> I pick him up. You know, it's, I think I elaborated picking up Deacon Harold Burksever. Like you think you know what they look like, but... <laughs> You really don't. <laughs> you don't. And you're standing there and people are coming and going. And so I'm like, hi. So he gets in my truck and we're driving from Austin and I'm like waiting for this powerful spiritual conversation. And he's like, what's that? Uh, that's maize. It's, <laughs> it's a very rural drive. And he just kept asking me, well, what else do they grow around here? So we had a more of a agricultural conversation. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you feel like, you know, maybe they don't. They don't want to be be on all the time. Absolutely. And I, so you know, he, I'm sure he appreciates. It's all about me, Thaddeus. It I'm is sure all about me. You. Don't you know that? <laughs> right. How can I forget? Um, well, I I do want to tell our listeners about a couple of things going on locally here in Bryan. Yeah, I do. Uh, mentioning that we ran out of water at the benefit. Um, <clears throat> this is a second time event. Uh, very excited that they're. Having this, I was very blessed to go to the Walk for Water about a year ago, um, and they're doing it again on May the May the fifth. Why don't I just read it instead of trying to remember what I'm going to say? There will be another Walk for Water sponsored by Bryan High School Student Council to benefit St. Anthony's Ecological Mission, which is also associated with the St. Thomas Aquinas Medical Mission. Our goal is to get families to experience the hardship that many others endure around the world by walking and carrying water. Many poor communities have little or no access to clean, safe water, or they have to walk miles to get it. Many walk to the nearest creek and use and consume contaminated water, thereby causing many health problems. And our hope is to build cisterns to help capture the clean water that God rains down Upon them, so I want to encourage our listeners. I attended this event and arrogantly thought I'm carrying two gallons of water for a mile. That's what I'm going to do, and I did make it one whole lap till I thought my arms were going to fall out. Yeah, you have to remember that a gallon weighs eight pounds, mm. and um, we just take such for granted the gift of walking up to a faucet and being able mm -hmm. to drink water. Um, mm -hmm. We had a visiting missionary at St. Anthony's, uh, took them out to lunch, and she was just amazed that they give everyone a full glass of water, whether they want it or not, and come back and fill it up. And that speaks volumes of what they experience on a day-to-day -day basis. So I want to encourage them. This is a benefit. Uh, they are taking donations. It's a come and go. You can just come show up, drop some money in the bucket, but we're encouraged to walk and carry water and really walk, walk in unity with our brothers and sisters around the world that mm -hmm. have to do this on the day-to-day. -day. And I promise you, it will change your children's attitude 
about leaving the water running while they go do something else or uh, the, the many opportunities we have to take it for granted. So I encourage our listeners um, to go to Bryan High, Merrill Green Stadium on May the 5th and help with this great cause. They've uh, The last one that they had, uh, they were able to build two cisterns. So wow. whatever we can... Whatever funds and what we time again? What time does it kick off? Nine till one. Nine, okay. nine to one. Nine to one on May fifth. Yes, uh, we don't we don't realize how blessed we are with clean water at our fingertips at any minute of the day. So I'm sorry, wrong time. Saturday from two to four p.m. at Merrill Green Stadium, and you can walk. The biggest donor will earn their name on the water cistern built for the community in need in Guatemala. So, Saturday, May 5th. Saturday, May the 5th. Two to four. Right. And as we uh, head to a break, I just want to mention we'll talk many uh, more things about this in the upcoming weeks, but St. Joseph's Paris Festival is May the 6th. Mm-hmm. Father Jared can maybe share a little more about that. Um, and two weeks after that, St. Anthony's. Parish Festival, mm-hmm. all are held out on Tabor Road at St. Anthony's Pavilion. And so we're going to... So walk for water on the 5th, and then you've got two parish festivals to recuperate at. <laughs> That's right. Come eat some barbecue and spend some more money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always so much fun. So what, can you give the dates on those again one more sure time? Sure can. St. Joseph's Parish Festival is Sunday, May the 6th, out at St. Anthony's um, Pavilion, out on Tabor Road. Lots of information in their bulletin about it. St. Anthony's Festival is two weeks later on May the 20th. Lots and lots of info in their bulletin, our bulletin, who's ever bulletin. bulletin. They print those things. Let's read them, folks. So y'all come back and listen after the break. I'll be here with Father Jared Cook. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Judy Como. We're here live in the station at in St. Mary's uh, Catholic Center. We get to look at the beautiful day outside, and I want to introduce to our listeners for the first time uh, Associate Pastor Reverend Jared Cook. Such a formal introduction. Such a formal. The formalities are done now. You got to like, do the formalities. Yeah. That's right. Well, like well howdy, listeners, and hey, Judy. There you How go. You <laughs> so happy that you're here. I feel like the scoop of the city here. I can't believe you haven't been on the radio already. I'm glad I'm finally on. That's it. Yeah, That's it. has been a little while. Great. Well, yeah. how's things going over at St. Joseph's for oh, you? Oh, things are fantastic. This has been a uh, an incredible first year. Of priesthood, I you know it's what's made it so great is that I'm back in Bryan College Station. You know, I uh, I I am an Aggie. Whoop. I came whoop came here for uh, for college, and uh, then I did a I'm jumping ahead, but I did a a nine year stint in seminary and and did my further studies there. And I never in a million years thought I'd be coming 
back to Bryan College That's Station. That's so awesome. Uh, so it is just a, it's been a huge blessing to kind of immerse myself back into the Aggie culture, uh, <laughs> but also being right outside in Bryan. So kind of best of both worlds. You there. bet yeah. it is. We're, we're Roman Catholics here Amen in Bryan and we can, uh, people really don't care where you go to mass. They just want to know where your envelope is going. I think <laughs> you don't said you? it. <laughs> you said it. So as you said, you kind of jumping a little bit ahead. I, sure. I, um, I feel that our story makes us who we are and mm-hmm. what we do seems real when sure. we can tell our story. So if you could, Give us the little Reader's Digest version of young Jared Cook. In the- <laughs> sure thing. All right. Well, you know, I was uh, I was born in Colorado. I was born in Denver on a nice uh, blizzard evening, uh, or early morning, rather. Um, my uh, my folks are both from Texas, but they moved to, to Colorado soon after they were married. And uh, I was born uh, back in 87 uh, and, uh, and uh, grew up there. My two other brothers uh, came soon after. And uh, so all three of us were born in Colorado, but we, uh, are you really? Yeah. That is nice. What part? Westminster. Westminster. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Aurora. Okay, gotcha. So it's right outside of Denver. Yeah. He's giving me signs here. Yeah. I'm from Colorado too. That's good. That's an appropriate sign that he put up. <laughs> there's been other times here. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. So anyway, I had my, you know, some of my young formative years in, in Colorado and uh, it was right around my fifth grade year. My parents ripped me from my roots and brought me to Texas and I was so upset about it, but Hindsight 2020, best move we've ever made have as a family. Have you shoveled any snow since then? I have not shoveled any snow hmm. since then. That but, goes uh, in the wind column I, that, in my book. <laughs> you know what, though? I I take the snow over the mosquitoes any day. Ah. So, But uh, but anyway, I love Texas. Been here now. I would say my most formative years have been here now. Uh, grew up in the Austin area, North Austin area, um, and uh, uh, went to... Public school, McNeil High School, Cedar Valley Middle School, and Brushy Creek Elementary there in uh, the the Round Rock Cedar Park area, mm-hmm. and um, had a wonderful time there. I was, uh, as I've told the story before, I was severely, severely clinically introverted as a kid, um, and so uh, luckily my my parents uh, pounced on that, <laughs> got me a little bit of counseling, a little bit of therapy, and uh, I uh, I I was joking with somebody the other day, one of my uh, one of my uh, therapy sessions, or actually recurring ones, was I had to talk with sock puppets uh, <laughs> to really pull me out of my shell, and uh, I didn't really come out of my shell. Not fully. laughing at oh, you, yeah, that's I, right. It just that's caught okay. me off. I've been laughing at it <laughs> for years now. <laughs> Um, but I tell you what, the Johnson family of sock puppets really got me. So out when of you're my having shell. a bad day, do you just open your sock drawer and kind of? Your own little self. No comment, Judy. No comment. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, when I came here, I really came out of my shell after the first two or three years of being here. Um, and uh, and I think it was really, um, uh, when I got into high school, uh, I, I went on a retreat um, uh, to Notre Dame University. There was a summer retreat. Um, it's called Indie Vision. And really what it is, it's, it was a, a vocation retreat Um to really help to foster vocations, not only to the priesthood and the religious life, but to uh, good, happy, healthy, holy marriages. Um, and they also, too, uh, talked a lot about the single life and, and how that's, uh, uh, that's a life that is still available to, to many people. Um, but it was at that retreat that not only did, was my, my mind opened up to the idea of vocations in general, but it was also my conversion. I had a very powerful conversion there through the sacrament of reconciliation. 
um, with a, a young priest uh, who heard my confession, and it was the longest confession I have ever confessed or um, or uh, heard. heard. It's the mm-hmm. longest time I've ever been in a confessional there. It was about an hour long, and he just sat with me, um, and he really just told me some of the most incredible things that I needed to hear, uh, some of the most beautiful things that have ever been uttered to me that really changed my life. And so when I came back uh, from that retreat, uh, really, my life was changed, and I, I really— uh, Threw myself into my faith. This you were was, in high school? I was in high school. Uh-huh. This was between my sophomore and junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, really threw myself into it and, um, and, and you know, really got involved with my youth group and, um, and just loved it. Um, so I had my youth group friends and I had my high school friends. And that's kind of how it was until I graduated. Um, but when I graduated and then went to A&M, I was finally able to sort of uh, uh, kind of immerse myself fully, clean slate, into these new people that I was going to meet at A&M. And uh, I found some of the most incredible people at A&M. But when I came here, full disclosure, uh, I then, uh, I enjoyed a lot here at at St. Mary's, uh, but I I needed a little bit more of a family feel. So I went over right up the road to uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, and I got very much involved with the the youth group there uh, under the direction of Chris Bartlett, Mm -hmm. who I'm sure we all know. Um, <laughs> rock star of youth stellar, ministry, stellar guy, and and he it was really with him and with another one of our uh, our diocesan priests uh, uh, who was also here, uh, Father Tom Reitmeyer. Mm-hmm. Um, between the three of us, uh, we both kind of uh, helped each other uh, really kind of discern that, um, and so uh, really Tom and I became very close. Father Tom, right? Uh, was at, he in the seminary? At he the time? was not. At the, we were both right. We weren't in the seminary at all. He was a uh, detective here in the Bryan College Station area, and I was I was a student. Mm-hmm. And um, detective, <laughs> what's that? A detective. He was a, really? was a police okay. officer. To, yes, he was wow. College Station police detective. Remarkable. Get him on the show sometime. Yeah, there's yeah. a story right there. Um, and uh, and really, so it was through the youth group, through my friendship with Tom Reitmeyer, um, but also uh, through perpetual adoration there in the chapel. Oh, that so really beautiful. really drew me in. I was dating somebody at the time, though, um, and I felt this persistent call on my heart uh, to to really kind of open myself up and 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 uh, really discern more deeply um, the call to the priesthood. But I said absolutely not to God, and so I said. So what happened was about a year later, I broke up with my girlfriend. I felt the call again, and I said, nope. Nope, not happening. And I said, I'll show you God. So I went and I got another girlfriend just there to you prove, go. you know. Hmm. Um, so that that was kind of where I was there um, uh, at that moment in time. Um, but it was it was through God's persistent and his sort of uh, uh, nagging at me uh, that really got me to kind of open my heart and my my mind to Him. Um, and uh, and then at at one point in time, uh, it just got to be. Too much, too mm-hmm. persistent, and so I finally said, "Okay, fine, I'll give it a shot." Is what I said. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, remind our listeners that they can call in with a comment or a question for Father Jared at eight five five six eight three seven three three two. We would welcome a question or a commentary. Uh, Maybe you have a story about old Jared before he was ordained. Uh-oh. No, just kidding. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I do have a question about your uh, work with uh, Chris Bartlett. Yes. Were you were you part of his um, Xbox gaming group? <laughs> I tried to stay away from that because I get <laughs> pretty. Uh, yeah, from... I. Uh... 
<laughs> what turn, a political answer. I turn into a different person when I play video <sighs> games, and it's not a person I like very much, so I tried and to stay You away. knew it at that point. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But uh, but I knew of this video game I too. thing that was going yeah. on, and I chose to stay away. Get this. So the reason I know Chris is because... Uh, the volley. His wife was one of my wife's volleyball players when she was the assistant coach at at A and M. So that's yeah. how we awesome. were Krista. connected to them. Yeah, awesome. Kendra, Kendra Felder. Yeah, Kendra. I'm sorry, Kendra. That's okay. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, good old Kendra. And they were just back at St. Joseph's uh, recently for the Ablaze benefit. So that there. was a treat to get to see them. So awesome to see them again. Absolutely, yep. they're doing great things over there in mm-hmm. Round Rock. So. Mm-hmm. Praise God for all of us. Absolutely. He's been a um, mentor to uh, so many people who are just come across his radar and the ties of youth ministry across across the city he, he is just a a huge uh example for me coming in, involved in uh, youth ministry in my 40s absolutely was um a pivotal point of my conversion also for so sure. so you decided hey, hey, play it gonna... to the uh, bartlett's yeah hey hey <laughs> hey hey there you go <laughs> okay sorry judy <laughs> oh goodness Hey, girl, hey, that's what you want. That's what I really felt like saying after that. So you decided, okay, God, I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you a chance and um, and uh, made the very difficult decision at that point in time uh, to, and again, very difficult, to leave Texas A&M University and uh, join the diocese. It just so happened, though, at that time, um, um, uh, I, I call, uh, who was it? Well, I guess uh, Bishop David Condrell was here, but... Uh, <clears throat> Bishop Mike Sis at the time, Father Mike Sis was the vocation director, director. and he. Uh, I called him up one day. Uh, I was taking a class over at Blinn, and uh, and I uh, I called him up from the parking lot uh, after a rather rough class. I was like, the heck with this. I'm going <laughs> to call. Um, called uh, Father Mike Sis, and I said, look, I'm interested, and I'd like to just touch base with you. And he said, well, as a matter of fact, I'm driving to College Station right now. Why don't we meet tonight? Um, so I was God, like, what a coincidence, uh, uh, what a coincidence. <laughs> right. So I met with him actually just downstairs from where we're at now. And, uh, he was all ready to go and gung ho. And he started my interview and, uh, about a month or two later, um, I was accepted by the diocese and, um, and I, I had to finish my degree. Uh, so, uh, they sent me to St. Joseph's Seminary College in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got there, um, to my chagrin, they did not take half my credits from Texas A&M. Oh, no. Yeah. And so uh, so I spent another additional three years at St. Joseph's. Um, uh, beautiful 12-plus-hundred-acre oh, monastery. Uh, in Covington. In Covington, mm-hmm. Louisiana. Um, and I will say um, that extra one to two years was worth it because yeah. it really was the best three years of my life. Father Brian uh, spent a lot of time yes, there also, didn't he? absolutely. He, he sure yeah. did. Um, so Phillips, it was, Father it was Brian yeah, absolutely. It was wonderful. Like, again, um, not only uh, forming me to be a priest, but forming me to be the man that I am today. That was really kind of a pivotal time. Um, and uh, under the direction of uh, Father Gregory Bouquet, who is the uh, the uh, the rector and president there, um, he was a true father to us all. And he really taught us how to be men, first and foremost, then holy men, right? Striving mm-hmm. for holiness. Uh, and then definitely, um, mm-hmm. you know, forming our hearts to be priests. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a wonderful time. When I graduated from there, though, with my philosophy degree, uh, I thought it was a perfect opportunity to take a little time off before I went on to theology um, because I really felt this nag again at my heart to um, uh, to look into religious life. So I spent a full year 
uh, after graduating from St. Joseph's, uh, discerning the religious life. I spent about two months with the Capuchins, uh, the Capuchin Franciscans in Denver, Colorado. So mm-hmm. I went back, back home uh, mm-hmm. to try that. Loved it. Loved every bit of it. I worked at the homeless shelter um, there. Uh, but, uh, you know, through lots of prayer and discernment and working with my directors there, just felt that it, it wasn't the right fit for me. Glad I went, though, because had I not gone, I would have regretted it for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason I went there is because Padre Pio is near and dear to my heart. He's my patron. Uh, and uh, I was really drawn to him and his spirituality uh, of the Capuchin uh, spirituality. And so I, I attempted that. Uh, after that, though, I wasn't ready to go back to the diocese, so I went and discerned one other place. Uh, I went to, of all places, the Ozark Mountains of Arkansas, and I uh, I lived with the Benedictine monks there at Subiaco uh, uh, Abbey there in Monastery. Uh, again, an incredible year of my life. Loved it. Um, worked uh, worked out on the farm. Uh, I did woodworking. Uh, I did a little bit of work with, they have a, a boys' academy there. Um, International Boys Academy. So I got to work with some of the the classes there. Um, And uh, after was there a full year, I I realized, you know, I would make a great Benedictine monk for like six months. And then I would have to, you know, choke myself a monk. I really would. Loved them, though. And I still go back often um, to really just kind of get rejuvenated. But I felt really called back to the people of Central Texas, back to my home, uh, to a little more active lifestyle in the, in the and priesthood. And all while you're there, you're mm-hmm. getting to visit your family? Are you, uh, is so, that a... So when I was with the monastery, no, I no. was not allowed to go and visit. Um, they they were able to come and visit me, um, but it was, uh, it was uh, I was supposed to stay there and really truly discern and, and not leave for a while. Um, and uh, and really the monks are not allowed to leave, I think, until after they make their first profession. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and once they do that, then they... They get a little vacation time to go visit their families. Um, but they are really, truly called to that place. It, they, they, they're called to stability. Um, and so uh, that is part of their charism and their spirituality. And what's so great is that so many come, so many people come to them. Mm-hmm. You know, people are drawn to the monastery. Uh, do, you, so, do you think that you had a little bit of a romantic view of what religious, being part of a religious order was? And that's what was kind of drawing you to it. And so you, then you got to see the reality of it and you knew... That, that that wasn't Absolutely. where your talents and, and Absolutely. access Absolutely. to God lay. For sure. Uh, again, I, I would preface it by saying, you know, had I not gone, I would have regretted it. It's something that, uh, you know, that I, I feel, and I would tell any young person um, that if the Lord is tugging at your heart somewhere, just do it. Just do it and Take try. the time. Take the time yeah. and try. You yeah. know, uh, yeah. you, you've got a lot of time uh, right now, and so so really just try it. Um, I'm a little hard headed. I'm 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 part Czech, so I, I had to I had to go try. Um, but yes, I, I was very it was very uh, romanticized in my my mind, and you know, there's there's this wave amongst young Catholics to um, to to really kind of. Uh, um, reawaken ourselves to the beauty of the tradition of the faith. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so I was really drawn to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as I said, again, I loved it. I loved every second of it, but the, the Lord revealed to me and, 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 and I came to the understanding through prayer and discernment that that particular charism and that particular yeah. uh, um, way of life was not for me. But what I gained from it 
was incredible. And it, it really has sort of uh, um, made me who I am today. Um, and it sort of still informs my own ministry. Sure. Um, you know, by bringing people into the contemplative life and contemplative prayer. Um, and uh, so I like to say that I'm, a, I'm pretty well-rounded with my, with my own <laughs> spirituality because, uh, uh, you know, I'll throw my hands up in the air to praise and worship, but I also like to be by myself and pray silently mm-hmm. in the chapel on my own. So, yeah. yeah. So you came back to Texas, came back, came to, back Texas. to the Diocese of Austin. Came and... back to the great Diocese of Austin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I remember distinctly I was called, I called, I guess it was uh, Father Brian McMaster mm-hmm. uh, at the time was the vocation, vocation. director then. then and uh, I was actually sitting in front of the Abbey on my flip phone because I wasn't allowed to have a smartphone in the monastery. And I, I called Father Brian and uh, I said, I'm ready to come home. And he said, it was only a matter of time. That's what he said. <laughs> he, so they, uh, him and, uh, and Bishop Vasquez, Joe Vasquez, uh, welcomed me back with open arms. And it was actually a quick a quick uh, turnaround because I left the monastery, uh, came back to Texas. Mom and dad came and picked me up, came back to Texas. And within two weeks, I was uh, at St. Mary's Seminary in Houston uh, interviewing uh, to to be accepted into the seminary there to begin my theology. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, by the grace of God, they accepted me. And then two weeks after that, I was beginning my, my theology, my time of theology in seminary. And I spent five years at St. Mary's Seminary. That's, that's the, the, the duration of the process there. Um, and uh, a wonderful experience, ups and downs, best of times, worst of times. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, but God was truly present in all of it. And he really, uh, I will say this, I wanted to leave seminary every single year. There was a point in time where I wanted to leave. You know, you shared a little bit of this yeah. when we were at the family retreat. Yes. Uh, Thank you so much for your time oh, yeah. for that. Um, uh, I think someone posed a question that um, if a couple came to you for counseling and uh, felt like they were at the end of their marriage and, you know, what would you say to them? And so you kind of shared the story of wanting to leave. Definitely. And, Absolutely. Uh, I, I went and visited not only my spiritual director at each one of those times, um, but uh, at the end, um, I actually, I asked my formation director, uh, this took a lot for me cause, um, well, you know, we all have a little bit of pride within us, but I asked if I could go speak to a counselor, you know, just, to just to kind of get my, throw my, throw my junk out there and, and get some feedback. Um, but this incredible lady, um, when I was telling her of my discernment issues and, and that I've tried to leave every time and, and something has been keeping me around, uh, I chalk it up to the Holy spirit, you know, um, she told me to go through this exercise, and she said, this, this, uh, this week what I want you to do is, in your heart and in your mind, I want you to abandon the idea of priesthood. She said, I just want you to abandon it. I want you to pretend that uh, you've made the decision that I'm no longer going to go through the seminary and be in the priesthood. And she said, and so every—I I want you to be very much aware of your thoughts and your feelings through that week, you know, the things that you do. Remind yourself, okay, I'm not going to be a priest. I'm not going to be a priest. She said, and at the end of the week, I want you to write a goodbye letter to the priesthood. So I did that. It was a rough week for me, actually. Mm-hmm. The following week, she wanted me to do the opposite. She wanted me to uh, abandon the idea of, of ever getting married, of, of having children, um, and, and really just kind of in my heart and my, my thoughts and my actions that week, 
really just let that inform me and, 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 and pay attention to how I'm feeling. And, uh, and I did that as well. At the end of the week, I did the same thing. I wrote a goodbye letter to my hypothetical wife and children. Mm-hmm. And that was an incredible, incredible experience for me because it then helped me to see things a little bit more clearly. I presented both of these letters to God in prayer um, uh, at the end of those two weeks and the Lord just overwhelmingly just kind of, it was like a being hit by a two by four mm-hmm. um, across the face. It just, I, 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 I knew in my heart and in my mind that, uh, that I was truly and indeed called to the priesthood um, and that my family would be huge and endless, you know, through my spiritual children and spiritual friends and the parishioners that I would be with. Um, and uh, he was right. God, you were right. Thank you. Um, and uh, and so it's it's just been an amazing uh, that that particular exercise was fantastic. And and just going back to my spiritual director and showing him, he uh, he said, "There's your answer." Mm-hmm. You know. So and I would say that not just to anybody, uh, somebody dealing with seminary and the priesthood, but even to a a married mm-hmm. couple. Mm-hmm. You know, really try to. And it might be difficult, but play those hypotheticals in your head and pray through them. Right. Don't just play the hypotheticals. Bring them to prayer as well. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really beautiful. So um, the end of your five years, yeah. you and four other young men were ordained. We were. Uh, thanks be to God. Amen. Really beautiful to have met several of you. Your brother, St. Saint, Saint Joseph, Father Joseph, <laughs> um, is now a part of the diaconate. Uh, he yes. comes and does mass for us when we're Wonderful. on retreat or whatever. Uh, got sure. to spend last weekend with him. And his father is in the, our diaconate class exactly. together. And um, while we were having the Forming Intentional Disciples retreat last weekend, and the presenter uh, after mass said you know, to his parents, well, how'd you do it? <laughs> how'd you raise a, a priest? And he and they, much like you mentioned, this uh, conversion experience, um, and all of us experience some type of a conversion uh, through a retreat, or he mentioned Steubenville, um, which is a great experience for me to have experienced it as an adult and be a part of. A, so uh, can you speak to how we can help provide those conversion experiences, uh, for other people. Right. Um, um absolutely. No, I, I think to, there's so many opportunities out there. Uh, I'll, I'll, let me start with that. There are so many opportunities out there. Um, and, and quite honestly, when it comes to events like that, when it comes to retreats like that, money shouldn't be an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think that we really need to, uh, really work on, um, you know, building up our parishes in, in going that direction, um, at the same time, what I would say is that, you know, we, we've got actually the past four that I've known of, we have incredible vocation directors in this, in this diocese. We've been blessed. Absolutely. Um, uh, and, you know, uh, Father or Bishop Mike Sis was the one that brought me in, and it was Father Jonathan Rea that I ended with. Um, and we've got that position in this diocese for a reason, but what I would say is that it starts a lot a lot more grassroots and smaller than that. Right. It starts with the parish priest. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, are, you know, and, and I, I humbly appeal to my brother priest to really, you know, uh, don't be afraid to, if you see somebody in your parish, to, to just bring it up to them. Have you ever thought? 
Have you ever thought? And not just the men, but the girls as well. You know, we've now got the Dominican sisters here mm. in this diocese. And oh praise goodness, God, we what do. a gift they are. They are absolutely incredible and amazing. Um, and now we've got that 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 uh, physical, tangible model in front of us of those those beautiful uh, holy women. Um, you know, to just so th- not just the priest, but also parents. <laughs> Ask your kids if they've thought about it, but that's going to require you abandoning your hopes and dreams for your children for just a split second and realizing, you know, maybe God is calling them to that. At least let me, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, whisper it in their ear, maybe plant it in their heart that that is something that you can do. We live in a world full of options, right? Um, And it is, uh, it's very difficult uh, because we like, we're very attracted to uh, bright and shiny things, you know, it's like squirrel, you know, yeah. we, we go to these different things so much so that we really can't uh, shut up long enough or focus long enough to really listen to what God is is telling us. Um, and so I, uh, I would just, you know, not only appeal to people to open their hearts, but also appeal to everyone. If you see somebody in your life, somebody in your parish that you feel might have a vocation, don't be afraid to scare the hell out of them and tell them. <laughs> You know, I think you might have even a if it's in a very pushy way, Absolutely. which was our our experience for Absolutely. my husband being the seeds being planted sure. to be a part of the diaconate. Sure. Um, so you were ordained uh, nearly nine months ago, I yes. suppose, mm-hmm. and uh, assigned here to St. Joseph's. Um, what's something that's really surprised you the most about? Maybe you had a perception of, all right, I'm a priest now. Right. Now I'm an associate pastor I'm going over there to Brian, and this is how my life's going to be. Right. Mm. You know, I, uh, one of our formation directors, he, uh, his parting words to us were, <laughs> and, we, and we would always kind of joke with him about this because he told us this all throughout our time in seminary, um, but he, those were his parting words as well. He said, just let the people love you and love them back, and don't you dare take advantage of them. And he would laugh after that. He would always tell us that. And so when I got to St. Joseph's, um, I it, it was it was it was easy to let the people love you because they just I, it it, rem- it showed me how much people really do love their priests, um, yep. just by virtue of the fact yeah. that they're priests. Yep. Well, you know? I, I feel since I am a parishioner, sure. and that's my perspective. You know, we the the congregation always looks at a transition from our own perspective. Mm. I liked him. (laughs) Now we have to get used to somebody new. And and just to, for a split second, like you say, that our, uh, when Father Joseph came to St. Anthony's, he had never been to Bryan College Station. Like, where's the post office? You know, something so simple. They're being uprooted from where they've been, where they've already been. Uh, working, made friendships, they're already being loved by another. And then that congregation is sad and they're missing them. So, you know, we right. we need to step out of ourselves and realize, you know, what they're going through. You know, Father Daryl was you know, yeah. very beloved here and For is sure. probably very beloved where he's at now. Right. And right. the cycle goes on and on. Definitely. Um, so, uh, and we are so very blessed here. And what a wonderful mentor for you to have in the a case of Monsignor Amen. John McCaffrey. What an example to everyone who takes a split second to know what he does on the day to day and where he is. Uh, Father Barry Cuba, mm-hmm. Cuba was here at St. 
uh, Mary's sure. for a time and um, was really blessed to have some conversations with him. And uh, he, I would go to mass, daily mass at the school. My daughter was there. I know, still know a lot of kids there. And he subbed for the mass and he said, I want y'all to know how much your priests love you. Amen. And uh, it was just such a beautiful witness uh, to those high school and middle school kids to hear it from someone else. You know, uh, your parents can tell you something over and over again, but it's usually someone else that'll teach a dynamic lesson to our children, my children. Um, So I know that you've got something great to say about that part of your first nine months of being ordained. Oh, for sure. No, I... uh... Shout out to Monsignor John McCaffrey, because uh, that man is amazing. And he, uh, you know, I, I joke with him all the time that, you know, he, he's a staple in, in Bryan College Station. Every, you know, everybody knows my, he's been the pastor there at St. Joseph's for 32 years, which is unheard of nowadays. But that thing runs like a well-oiled machine. Um, and, and it really, it runs, I, I think, off the love of that man. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, it's God's love shining through him. He... I mean that is his baby. He he is there, and and he. Uh, it's not that he is a uh, a people pleaser. He just truly loves his people. Yes, he does. And and he you know he bends over backwards for 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 all these people. And so it's through his example, but through his encouragement of me, um, that I've truly learned what it means to be a priest mm-hmm. this first year. And so, um, you know. The Lord could keep me here for another couple months. He could keep me here for another two or three years. Um, but what I would say is that this first year, I have been immensely blessed to have him as my, not only my co-worker in the faith and in the ministry, but really, truly my mentor and my model yeah. of, of faith and priesthood there. Um, and uh, so I'm just, I'm truly blessed. And the man has given me so many opportunities there at St. Joseph's. Again, working with the school has been new to me. But it has been probably one of the greatest blessings at St. Joseph's is working with those students. And I got to coach soccer this year. So I was coaching <laughs> oh, with my collar on, which has been fun. <laughs> it's been great. I, uh, oh, that's you know, awesome. I, I grew up playing soccer all the way through high school and a little bit in college. And so it was great to to uh, kind of step outside my my sacristy and my my uh, mm-hmm. my liturgical role for a minute and really just have, you have some fun black on the and white lines. tennis shoes that kind of go I with absolutely you. do I, I call them my, I call them my my priest kicks your clerics they're like my clerical <laughs> kicks yeah they uh, they're fun and actually he's gonna kill me for this but Monsignor asked me where I got them the other day because I think he wants to get a pair too so uh, but uh, wouldn't be surprised <clears throat> exactly um, for for lack of a better term mm-hmm. uh, you kind of have a little evangelical flair. To your uh, homilies, and um, it's very refreshing, something that I've experienced like at DCYC or Steubenville or things like that, but sometimes not so much from the pulpit. He's telling me we only have three minutes okay. left, and I'm very disappointed <laughs> about it. Three so, minutes, uh, then. <laughs> um, how, how did that kind of, you said, oh, I could worship with my hands up in there, or I can be quiet, and so... Right. Was that encouraged in the seminary during your homiletics? Is it? Yeah, <clears throat> I gotta say, um, you know, the, the 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 church and the seminary they have really um, they've realized the problem in the issue of preaching in the Catholic Church. You know, so many people are drawn 
um, to good preaching. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, we've dropped the ball on that, (laughs) to be completely honest, over many years. There's some wonderful preachers out there, but there's also a lot of uh, priests out there that need work. I needed work. You should have heard me my first homiletics class. It was a nightmare. Uh, It was a train wreck. But they really worked with us uh, to really, truly um, work on engaging with the people, but also working on sticking to your one point, you know. Uh, and so so I've, I've really land worked. Land the plane. Land the plane, you know. <laughs> I've worked on that uh, a lot. And, and I will say, too, that I, um, I have a, a gift, a natural gift from God of writing. Uh, I've always been a good writer. That's been my—English has been my best subject in school forever. And so I— uh, one of the ways that I'm able to really, truly prepare for my homilies is to just write it out. But I write it like a script. I write it like I'm going to say it. Mm-hmm. So I've got, I've got bullets and bullet points and I've got, you know, big words and I, in all caps. And, and I really just kind of write it like a script. And um, half the time I stray from the script, but the, the, just the act of writing it out uh, really, uh, uh, really helps me to, to get into what I'm going to be preaching about. But yes, I am known as Father Amen. Right. To everybody Not uncommon in, for a couple of times to hear that. And it's... I throw it out there now and again. It's refreshing. Um, and and it's, it's, it's more so of like, Amen, Amen. amen. Um, it's, it's just if I, if I hit a solid point that I want people to remember, I'll throw out the Amen um, uh, as a tool, but also as a, you know, you feel, you're, you're picking up what I'm Is laying it, down here. Leaning right. more towards you intentionally say it or it just kind of comes out? Or, I, I don't write the amens in. Correct. They just come out. Yeah. yeah. They just come out. Um, and uh, and people have really uh, uh, responded well to it. And so, um, you know, it, and we've, we've broken down once again what that word actually means. <laughs> it means I believe. I believe. Obviously. And so that's why when I say something, you know, um, pivotal or something big, the, the height of that, that homily, uh, I'll say amen, and 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 I, by the grace of God, I get a huge response back. So, so I'm very uh, grateful that I've been able to do that in my in my preaching. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's uh, fascinating to be at Christ the Good Shepherd Chapel. That's right. a big, you know, resounding amen. But also at daily mass in the chapel, uh, it's, it's still which is. An older crowd, oh, yeah. and but you still uh, kind of resounded that well. Absolutely. Father Jared, I am so grateful for this opportunity to just to chat with you on a personal. Because again, I stated it's all about me. We need to have you back, Father Jared. I think there's still a lot more to more to be said. I'm happy to come back. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, your experience was a good one. It was a know. good one. This was new and foreign, but. So exciting. So thanks for having me. Well, it was great. And I want to thank our listeners for sticking with us. This is Red Sea Roundup, and we're going to ask Father Jared to give us a blessing as we end this program. Absolutely. name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we ask you to come upon us this day. Open our hearts and our minds. Wherever we find ourselves today, Lord, just just break through all the noise, break through all of the the struggles and the anxieties and, and really just come into our hearts now. And Lord, we ask that you bless us this day, that you continue to guide us, keep us safe and free from all harm, that you will protect our minds and our bodies, that you would cover us with the blood of your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and especially with the mantle of protection of our blessed mother. And we ask this this day in the name of your son. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you to all our listeners. Go out and spread the gospel.